0: No well, it's the dynamic, you know when we back again. I'm the backup DJ, you better pack you lacking sense. Trying to tangle bus, with us, group of a big we we'll in the back of the bus to smack
1: you. your lunch, money to oh feel it just a touch. Everybody, end of the day, that's understandable. You're what you're can I say? We got strong uh, yeah. Gaddy has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. He still doesn't know.
0: Good fucking Christ! What's that noise?
1: Christ! What's going on? What was that? Let's get her levels correct.
0: Hello. Fuck. 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 Fuck.
1: Fuck. 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 Right. Let me start this thing. Run! Damn you! Run! 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 I'm
0: coming to get you. Run. I'm running.
1: Something Miami might not have any left. E-
0: I tell you what, the Celtics better not fucking ruin all our jokes and Red Sox 2004 <laughs> this shit because that would suck. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I've, I've got to the point where I'm I'm kind of pulling for both the uh, the Nuggets and the Heat because uh, their stories are so fantastic, and eventually they have to play each other in the finals. It's a bit like you know if, if you have ever played the uh, bringing bringing a reference that's really going to work well for our audience. Uh, if you ever played the uh, the arcade game Double Dragon, the original, <laughs> and you and you you play two player and you fight your way through together, and then at the end you have to fight each other for the chick, and it seems like that's that I was—I never liked that part of the game—is that this, you actually had to then defeat your brother essentially for this trophy that was a woman. I didn't realize it was, you know, patriarchy and all that bullshit. I was just didn't like the idea of like, but we worked together the whole way, and now we've got a—that's not cool. Um, yeah. So if the Celtics do Red Sox 0-4 this shit, then at least it means there will be somebody in the final who we can properly enjoy getting absolutely tailed by the Nuggets because that's going to happen.
1: See. So- I I, I couldn't find the original tweet, but someone had this really good point about coaching. fucking
0: Mike is doing the rattly-rattly thing again. Uh, I edited so much of that shit out last week, I'm not fucking doing it again. Balls Podcast, episode 368, for those who are keeping score at home. Yeah, there's more of them.
1: Yeah, because I'm moving it around trying to figure out what the fuck's rattling. It's
0: It's your hip, like I said last week.
1: (laughs) It's my hip. I can't stop that, dude. Um, we were, you know, positing the theory that, you know, a coach is, is... We've never
0: posited a fucking theory in our <laughs> lives. We, we fired
1: off some shitty hot takes. Um, you know, 5% or 2% or whatever. And, and I, can't, I couldn't find the original tweet, but someone was like, if you have, um, 10 points for the overall sort of makeup of a team and what makes a good team, you know, a coach is one a half a point to one of those points in in the makeup of a team but the problem is when you get to this end of the season most teams are at sort of nine points right so having a decent coach the tiebreaker is a difference maker yeah, yeah, yeah. And So anyway, the, I, I mean,
0: sort we of, talked I, about this. We talked about this with with Saki's famous like uh, the the Milan coach uh, of the nineties, uh, the famous line the eighties, nineties about you know a good coach adds ten percent to a sure team, and a bad coach takes takes twenty thirty percent away. That ten percent mm. might be the particularly if it's Joe Bazzula was definitely that minus thirty percent for a lot of the first three games, and uh, he just seems to have gotten out the fucking way.
1: So I was I was thinking about I sort of took it a little bit further, and I sort of built a little metric for teams and then applied it to the three teams that are left, right? So if you break a team down, five points for the stars, you know, your top two players. Two two points for your other starters, one point for your, for your bench, one for coaching, and one for your front office. How much waiting finals, do you get for being
0: a big media market and therefore deserving to win more than that?
1: <laughs> The funniest tweet Did I you saw... you get like
0: 15 points to work with?
1: The funniest tweet I saw all day was... Um, uh, that you know that the Nuggets and the Heat weren't going to hang a uh, hang a banner; they were going to hang their nil Supremes <laughs> from the roof. I just thought can we can we just someone- just
0: deal with this for a bit? Because this this is annoying the shit out of me. This whole oh the NBA doesn't want this or ESPN doesn't want this that N- the Nuggets Heat yeah. series. This. Only happens in the NBA. Only the NBA fucking self flagellates like an Opus Dei assassin about small markets and ratings and shit. If Denver and Miami yeah. played in the fucking Super Bowl, you would hear none of this shit. The NFL would not matter a p- pinch of shit. You probably you'd probably hit right. more questions about why two teams from the AFC were playing in the in the Super Bowl, but th- yeah, yeah. that small market thing doesn't exist in the NFL. Green Bay are one of the. The most storied franchises in the entire NFL, huge fan base. Where do they play? A fucking town the size of Dunedin.
1: But uh, but I do think, and and the reason I I named this episode, you know, "Old Takes Exposed" season, because the fucking a title that backflip, probably won't
0: last for the episode that you actually well, saw. it won't,
1: won't last. But it, but it was funny. It but was we, funny gave, for me. we gave
0: him last week just because you know he'd he said it in the podcast and I couldn't change it to something else. <laughs>
1: Um, because, like, the backflips some of the media are doing about, oh, I've always been a Denver fan or a yes. Jokic fan. It's like, but you know all those little social breakouts that your your network does? Oh, it's funny. It's really easy to search their mum and repost them yeah. saying, you know, Jokic is, like, the fourth tier of Star and, and you know, you you, I'd rather have fucking uh DeMontis Sabonis, than Jokic in the final, <laughs> like all this shit that, that you guys have said all year and then you drag it up. But you're right. The NFL just like, we're just going to make it the best. Like, it doesn't matter who's there. We're going to build them up and we're going to find the interesting things about them. Yeah. And then you get fuckwits like Chris Mannix going, oh, the Nuggets aren't interesting. Like, you, you cannot watch the Nuggets. Like, that Nuggets-Lakers series, that fourth game with Jokic going oh, no, oh, I'm, I'm not really keen to go back in Denver and play again. Thanks all the same. And some of the shit that he was pulling, like that that ridiculous circus shot. But even then, just which one? Absolutely, which one <laughs> was? Oh, the was one he was guarded by the-
0: Ad on. Which one? I mean, that's the thing. He keeps doing ridiculous stuff. And it's but, but like he- but the thing is that Chris Mannix. Unfortunately, he works for Sports Illustrated, and unfortunately, yeah. Sports Illustrated has become more and more clickbaity and and. Buzzfeedy, as time has gone on, writers. everybody wants to be fucking Stephen A. Smith. Nobody wants to be old school Howard Beck or your man who wrote the um, Seven Seconds on Last book, whose name is is momentarily escaping
1: me. Oh, who works for the um, for the Clippers now? Yeah,
0: yeah, but it's it's all about, and and a lot of this the, the ESPN social stuff. It is about just creating a fucking headline to stick in the thumbnail of the YouTube video. It doesn't, it, yeah. it's not meant to, and it doesn't matter that it doesn't exist beyond this. I was listening to Levitard's show today, and the, it's obviously they're a Miami based show, and I've obviously been having a pretty big couple of weeks, but the Panthers, the hockey team who are based in the greater Miami area, have made the Stanley Cup finals. They, like the Heat, they were also an eight seed. They also had to play Boston. They played them in the first round and came back from 3 1 down to fucking to beat them in seven and then have swept the fucking, uh, the, I think it's the Hurricanes, of Carolina, in the second round. And it's, and what they, they were. Um, for, they were cold taking themselves with all the shit that they'd said previously in the season about how it was terrible <laughs> and they had to blow the team up and how the coach was a moron and it was boring hockey and all this sort of stuff. They just play this, they call it the parade of gas bags, which is themselves essentially t- saying fucking, you know, inc- stuff that has aged incredibly badly. And having to own it in a, a really, really, really hilarious way. ESPN doesn't do that. Well, they used to when LeBitail was on the network because they would do it on ESPN's air, but it's the same yeah. kind of thing. You've got to, if you don't take, if you take this stuff too seriously uh, and you don't actually own it when you fuck up, then, then you turn into Skip bail.
1: Well, I, I do like that there's a whole bunch of the media that's like, no, this won't be boring. It'll actually be fucking awesome. And if you don't, if you can't appreciate Jokic and Murray... And the game that they're playing like this isn't the old school spurs right who you had to be a massive fan of fundamental basketball like they i'm not talking the 2014 team uh, i was going to say 14 the 14 team.
0: spurs this in fact if any if, if this nuggets team is like anything it's probably the 14 spurs i suppose it's the best yeah. comparison you can make
1: I, i'm talking like the old school you know back to the basket grinded out sort of spurs
0: who, Duncan who, Robertson, uh, kind of. I mean, Duncan and
1: Robertson, not n- Duncan Robertson. Duncan and Rob- yeah, like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Duncan but, Robertson, yeah. Duncan Robertson, Miami uh, but three-point
1: not only, not only are the Nuggets, like, really, really fun to watch, but th- there's some awesome stories. Murray coming back from, like, you know, having this breakout bubble season, doing his knee, coming back, you know, the, this, the, the bond between him and Clay and, and, you know, doing the comeback thing. Uh, Michael Porter essentially dropping in the draft because people thought he would never become a decent player because his back was just crocked. And he's turned into like the anti kyrie Like he's embraced all the all the dirtbag sort of work in this, you, you know, he seems to have. I think
0: Kyrie embraces uh, the dirtbag side of the internet, if that's helpful.
1: <laughs> but do, do you know what I mean? Like Porter's, Porter's exactly the sort of player that you would, think would leave for another side for a superstar spot and he might do that one day but while he's there he's like i want to win a ring and he's sort of done the same thing wiggins did last year which is, yeah. is like well there's two stars that that you know do all the all the fun stuff i gotta do the dirty stuff i got to get the you know you know i'm still gonna be able to hit my threes but i've also got a rebound and and sort of uh, you know, do the grunt work in the in the spaces in between. Yeah, it's almost and, and like he's, he's, fe- it. he's
0: acknowledged the the ch- the chip on him, which is that he's offensively streaky. And as a result, they said, "Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm, I can contribute on the other end if I can't," um, which is a very Miami kind of thing to do. There's a, you know, there's certain traits of the Nuggets that very they feel very you know, quote unquote, heat culture, copyright, patent pending, Mickey Arrison Enterprises, Carnival Cruise Lines, 1996 to 2023.
1: The the problem with the heat is like they they are like something out of an old school arcade game where you're hitting them and and you can just see the life bar just going down and down and yes. down and down and down. It's like at some point they're going to lose too many bits of their body to to be able to run yeah. at all. I, at this I think stage, though, big-
0: you know, wily coyote would get like flung over 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 a canyon. And he'd, he'd be yeah. running in midair and he'd be fine as long as he's running and then he'd start to look down and then he'd realise he was in midair and then he'd plummet to the ground. My fear for the Heat is that they've just looked down. That
1: they're in the plummeting phase. They've just yeah. realised, oh, and-
0: we're an eight seed who is massively overmatched on a talent basis and all these guys have to do is pull their head out of their ass, stop watching the fucking town on repeat <laughs> and start figuring out how to play basketball again and we're cooked. Uh, and yeah, also Gabe Vincent it- being out wasn't helpful.
1: Well, it it sort of feels like they're going to have to have one effort. And whether it's game six or game seven, but I wouldn't be surprised. They've got two
0: opportunities to to have that one effort, you know, in a couple of days. And the
1: Celtics shit the bed all the time. Like that's one of their characteristics. They'll play two really good games and then inexplicably look like they hate each other and can't hit a shot. Like this is the thing with the Celtic side is. It's obvious to everybody, and probably even Miami's coaching staff and everybody except Jimmy Butler, the Celts just have shitloads more talent. Like, they're deeper. Like, probably their top two are pretty even, I guess, Tatum and Brown versus yeah. Bam and, and Butler. But
0: oh, Well, you know, t- I would say Tatum, Tatum and Butler. I mean, Tatum's more talented, but you can't say that Tatum's a better basketball player for, for this particular context. Because Butler like, think- squeezes absolutely everything out of the talent that he's got, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown do not. No. But um, once yeah, you go further down the roster, it's it's looking, you know, people have gone on and on about the undrafted stars, but, you know, these people are undrafted for a reason, because people didn't believe
1: in them. And you can- But the other thing the other thing is Miami might come out and hit 25 threes, and why not fucking matter?
0: Well, yeah, they just need one, one high-variance game of threes yeah. and they and this is done and, they, and and we can move on. And this conversation may not have ever happened, but this podcast will be edited and posted before the, the next game gets played. So, uh, and, if, yeah. and if it turns out the, the the fucking Celtics just wasted an extra couple of days of our lives and they could have just fucked off in four, given <laughs> us a week off to watch the Giro or something, um, that's going to be annoying.
1: On the flip side, the Nuggets just feel like they has got all the parts clicking, you know. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't care who comes out the East. The Nuggets are going to win this.
1: The, the interesting thing about Malone was um, w- watching him coaching <laughs> He's this. He's so bitter. <laughs> oh, no, I think it's a little bit formative. <laughs> all that
0: stuff you were complaining about ESPN talking heads being fucking tape merchants. Yep. That all just feels like Mike Malone. It's like, <laughs> and I was at, uh, somebody in the media just said, basically, Mike Malone and ESPN just need to get into a room and fucking argue it out between them because his issue is not with the media; his issue is with specific fucking editorial policy of ESPN. You know, yeah, amplifying yeah. shit takes, you know, Kendrick Perkins's and, and Stephen A. Smiths and people like that. It's not the yeah. media; it's just bits of it that are uh, that are you know amplified in the take. No,
1: at, like even you know, you listen to the. Uh, hoop Collective Pod, and you know, Win is, is just getting rolled for at one stage. You know, not not being as complimentary of Jokic as the other two, um, the other two guys. But uh, the, the, the interesting thing about Malone is I don't think he's that Spolstra level um, within the game. You know, recognizing patterns and and changing stuff up. But I don't know whether it's his assistants, like his staff, or whatever. But he does make adjustments, like the way that they freed up Aaron Gordon in that game four, which was you know because that the Lakers were using AD on on Gordon so that he could sort of roam off, and they were running this little play where um, sort of Gordon would get it at the top of, at the top of the three point line and sort of bounce past it into Jokic down on the on the post, and as soon as Jokic got the ball, AD would sort of come across to double team him. And Gordon would quickly flash to the, the basket. And I just thought, fuck, that's a really well-designed play to just make AD go, well, I can't, you know, I can't come over and double-team, you know. I'm giving them an easy layup or, or a dunk. like You know, I have to stay with him for that beat longer. And that's all Jokic needs, right? If you give Jokic that extra beat, then he fucking figures the floor out. Um, so I, I do wonder whether M- Malone's got some good sort of second and third assistants that are that are really good at figuring that stuff out but it takes it takes a game to re, you know to sort of uh diagram it and work it all out and it's like okay well that's how we're going to respond to this whereas Spolster is you know doing it doing it on the fly um but I do I do think oh, he's How much
0: of it is just Jokic having ridiculous field vision I mean Jokic Jokic is is probably the fourth assistant coach for for he's
1: Well yeah, like yeah, that might be it. Jokic might be coming to Malone and saying, "Hey, this is the way we get we get AD free." But but he has um, been he has been doing that. that. Was, he's been
0: diagramming up plays. He's been you know reporting back things he's seen. And you know he's he's I mean all, all stars do and, and should do this sort of stuff. But uh, I feel yeah. like out of all the four teams that are left, well the, the three teams that are left, the single greatest talent by far is at altitude. Yeah, uh, in Denver. Oh, um,
1: um, that fourth quarter. Where he just was like just doing everything, you know, grabbing the rebound, forcing the pace. Like that was the other thing, right? It was the fourth quarter, he played like forty-four minutes, and he was grabbing the ball and running down the wing like he was fucking Steph Curry. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, that, that dude must be fit. Because like that's Or he not, had like, been bludging for
0: a lot of the time. I mean, this was a game in which no, no, LeBron he, played, what, all but four seconds? Although he did do yeah. those those really slow roll the ball in restarts in order to buy himself like ten to fifteen seconds on a lot of those later plays. Do, do you reckon that
1: was that was smart tactically?
0: Absolutely. I don't, I don't well, think... it's it's smart tactically if no, you no, no, if the... you've been playing a lot of ball. You, you do you do buy yourself a lot of um. You do you know you, you can't argue the opposition aren't going to be set for you though.
1: No, no. I was more I was more thinking like couldn't they get him two minutes of rest in the third quarter, like, he looked cooked by Are you telling end.
0: him that, though? I mean, the, th- the reason they were uh, he, they were there yeah. at the end it with, with was a, him, yeah. an opportunity to, to be even close was because he played the preceding 47 and a half minutes. Now, I think if you're going to jab anybody in the chest and say that was a bad decision, uh, it was Anthony Davis's decision to not play very well it was probably the one you need to bring up. <laughs>
1: Well, hang on, hang on. Not play well on one. Which
0: which, you know, Aaron Gordon and and um and Michael Malone's uh, you know, as you've said earlier, is it wasn't necessarily up to AD to not play that well. Played as well as he he was
1: allowed to. I think Lowe makes a really good point on that though. He he didn't play well on one side of the ball. He was still awesome defensively. He just didn't have much of an attacking game. Like they took he they took whatever he they made it so LeBron had to do all the offensive work, which was fucking smart because he can't do all the offensive work for 48 minutes and for whatever reason they don't trust like Reeves is still a second year third year player like he, he doesn't have the trust level in a in that sort of game to run 30 pick and rolls you know uh in a
0: way they kind of they did the LeBron what the Lakers did to Steph in the round before
1: yeah, they just said, look, right.
0: look, you know, you 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 shoot your y- you, you cook do as much as you cook as much as you want. Nobody else is doing anything, yeah. and that, that's where it ends. And yeah. to be fair, that's that's how you stop the heat. You let Jimmy Butler get 973 points, and you score 974.
1: Well, the other thing is, you probably got one of the best guys to defend Butler going in Gordon because he's mobile enough to stay with him, and he's a little bit bigger. So you probably yeah. don't need to send t- two to help." Like no, the Celtics at, are doing,
0: and on the other side, who the fuck do the Heat have to stop Jokic? Udonis Haslem. Um,
1: I think someone said that in the six games they played in the last two seasons, Jokic is like plus thirty-two or something on Bam on the minutes that they played together. Yeah, it's not Bam. It's just not. It's just not a good matchup for him, right? Um, of course,
0: this was the game that got super spicy when um, Jokic saw red and and fucking just pole-axed wherever Morris' brother was working for them, was playing for them, and you know Jokic's brothers got involved and the whole thing got super spicy. So there is still feeling between those two teams. So, of course, the Celtics have gone back and ruined that fucking narrative, weren't they? Yeah, I don't... It would be pretty ridiculous if the Celtics did come back, though. I mean, at 3-0 down, Marcus Smart and fucking Tatum were coming out with, you know, don't let us get one, don't let us win one. Mm. And from Marcus Smart, that's felt like a threat, but from Tatum, it felt like... (laughs) a plea not to have, to have to reschedule these fucking holidays. But don't, don't, don't make me reschedule this. This is annoying. But it's it would be so well, Boston. The, the, the thing is, I just, I mean, I don't really care because, you know, the, the Nugget's going to win. I just can't fucking stand all the Boston bullshit about how they're a team of destiny because they came down from 3-0 again after the fucking Red Sox. It's going to be so punishing. Such a punish.
1: Well, <laughs> The funny thing is it'll probably save Mozilla's job, right?
0: Well, like, yeah, it will prolong this it, shit show, and that that's funny. Because they have to look at what, is even if they get back to, like, a Game 7, is that enough to keep his job and to keep this Tatum-Brown core? I, I
1: think it is, yeah.
0: Have they already done enough to keep the Tatum-Brown
1: core? Well, I think that really depends on – It's
0: probably on- when your core is brown your apple's rotten.
1: On Brown, right? Because I reckon they'll try and lowball him. I reckon they won't offer him the max. They'll offer him more than what other teams can offer him, but less than the max. Because um, I listened to a few pods this week. That uh, one was CJ McCollum actually, which was really interesting about CBA, and he, he's like, "Look, the CBA is not actually in writing yet. It's it's been agreed on. There's a handshake, like you know, there's a verbal agreement between the union and the NBA, but." It's not actually in writing, and people, he said, unless you've been sitting in that room in those negotiations, you probably don't really understand the full breadth of the of the CBA. Because Rassila was asking him, like, you know, are you copying shit? Because one of the changes s- sort of looks like it, um, like on the surface level, looks like it helps the Pelicans, right? But it doesn't actually because they've what all got. What a stupid question! No, 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 no. McCollum actually said he he like he gets that from mid level players. Like that's actually something that happened and I think that's why Rosillo asked it.
0: But CJ is a president. He's not the president.
1: Yeah, I know, but it's it's that Chris Paul effect, right? Because Chris Paul Yeah but Chris Paul was was the the president. The president. I know, I know. So that's that's Um, a
0: fucking incredibly stupid why do you listen to the ringer? For Christ's
1: sake. No, no. This this was actually a real. I, I know you don't like the ringer. This was actually a really, really interesting interview, and McCollum did a great job of um, of sort of talking about how the stuff that gets reported gets reported from the snippets that the reporters can get from the people that they talk to. But that's a lot different from sitting down and looking at an eight hundred fucking page document that that gets written in. You know, lawyer speak, and then interpreting that into the cap, and th- there's going to be some. Um, we always get this with the new CBA, right? You get the unintended consequences of like, well, of course you you have Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum. If you've got two players that good, you know, th- then you've got it. You've got to do it. That's the sort of accepted wisdom. But under the new cap rules, is it like, is that going to hamstring you so much for building out the rest of your team that? You're sort of fucked. Yeah, but they and
0: does does the fact that they drafted them both not help with that? I thought the mm-mm. or is it is it from now on that those that those kind of
1: now on, yeah
0: that's well that's what the fuck use is that then?
1: It's weird. It's a really weird because I know it, like having Clay, Draymond, and Steph doesn't help uh, Golden State either.
0: Well, I it, suppose it, all these just, things were drawn up in order to hurt. Golden State specifically. So I understand why they, why they do that. So the unintended consequences is that it'll actually hurt teams that aren't Golden State. I imagine those teams will be really pissed off.
1: Yeah, that, and and literally that's what McCollum was saying. He's saying it's going to affect teams in ways that we don't really know yet. He said exactly the same as the cap spike. The cap spike happened and, uh, like, certain people argued for certain things and then all of the money went to, like, a tenth of the the player population, right? Like a tenth of the player yeah, population. All and the
0: people who were free agents in twenty sixteen. And,
1: and McCollum actually said, "I w- I was one of those players, right? I got I got probably more than I should have got if the cap had have been smoothed. I wouldn't have got that contract. Yeah. But but you got to do sense- these things
0: to find out what the consequences are. Yeah, I I think mm. I think McCollum said largely the same things on Lebetic because he was on there as well this week. I think I wonder if CJ's been doing a bit of a um. Media tour. What's he trying to promote? Is it his wine?
1: Oh, for sure, he's done a, a, a media. I think he's. I think it is his wine. He, like a, a bit of a side, a bit of a side thing about that, though. Because um, uh, again, I, I know you don't. I know. Well, it might be horrible, but um, it's like that
0: California had a Zinfandel really kind
1: of shit, isn't it? A, a really interesting take on it, which was he's like black people and our sort of culture. Is very big into spirits drinking, and you know, know, hitting it hard sort of thing. He's like, "Yeah, we we don't really have that sort of European have a glass of wine, slow down, appreciate your day sort of attitude towards drinking." Like he didn't quite say it that way, but that to be
0: fair, neither do white Americans. (laughs)
1: No, no. Well, I think they're he really was upset it. that they
0: have to stop drinking Bud Light because a trans person advertised it.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I just thought I just thought that was like I think he's fighting a losing battle because you know the the, the tequila and and you know like there's certain cultural club yeah, elements. Yeah, but wasn't in-
0: there a was it a Haberstroff story or something about how many of these NBA players had gotten into wine and LeBron and the banana boat yeah, boys were. We're Le- big on it as Le- well. Le-
1: LeBron and and Jimmy Butler's into the wine and yep. obviously CJ. I just find it – and, like, seriously, those guys getting into it will, will probably uh, influence, you know, a generation coming through. But, yeah, I just thought it was, it was a very interesting way of looking at alcohol consumption. You know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get into the red wine so that people get off smashing a bottle of tequila at the club every night. It's like, okay. okay.
0: Or that fucking Ace of Spades champagne and shit like that, which is it's more status than anything else. Yeah. They're drinking it to be. Yeah, that's right. But Americans right. have a weird a- a- relationship with alcohol. Like they're You know, a lot of their mainstream beers are just low-carb, you know, get-me-drunk water. Water, and- you know, they drink yeah. a lot of spirits and they're free, free poor spirits and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, they're, they're weird. They're weird cunts. Um,
1: Do you get something in New Zealand called Fat Little Lambs? Have you heard of this stuff?
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah. We, we I yeah. slow roast them for, um, for dinner yeah. when they're on special. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we we're, were going camping with, with the, one of the crews that I hang with and they had these things called Fat Little Lambs. And I'm like, what are they? Are they a beer? No. Oh, cider? No. Or well, what are they? There to get you toasted on before you want to drink the expensive stuff, indiscriminate, non-determined alcohol, ethanol with some flavourings. Bathtub fucking
0: moonshine. <laughs> what, what do you do? Stick it up your ass. I mean, why are we drinking like fucking? Are you hanging out with sixteen-year-olds? What are you doing? That's what. That's what I said. I'm like,
1: and they're like, no, no, it's really. Well, here's
0: the fucking thing. I just heard this story today. And I'm new research out of um, the med school in Wellington. Teenagers, school kids don't drink the way they used to. It's not a thing the way that it used to be. They don't just get out and get, and I could, uh, anecdotally, I see this with my own kids, but there isn't this obsession with going out and getting pissed and Pist. riding yourself yeah. off. And partly it's because you don't need to go out and get drunk at parties to meet people and, and make social connections because you can do all that shit online at home in your underpants. So, but it's, it, <laughs> I think we might, we might actually have a generation of, who might have less problematic drinking going on, and they're not—they're not fucking getting bathtub moonshine and—and and, you know, shelving it in order to, to get drunk enough to. I mean, what's the point? Why are they doing this? Why are they yeah. doing? You know, moonshine animus. Um, I moonshine the animus sounds was... like a, 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 <laughs> a said indie girl band from you would have picked you, a few you, years ago on the music board.
1: You have you have two of these, and they get you to a certain level, and then the, you drink the things that you like. Rather than spending six of the things, I'm not sure. I I I would do it the other way. Style of drinking.
0: I would drink the things I like first, and then once I I don't I can't actually I can't (laughs) tell the difference. difference. I'll stop I'll stop drinking the expensive stuff. I start drinking the cheap stuff.
1: Uh, I don't know. I just I was looking at it. Just it just blew my mind. Like there was no discerning. There was no flavor. There was no descriptor. It was just eh, ethanol and some sugar. It's like okay, I guess.
0: Better known you know, as Southern Comfort.
1: Yeah, or I was going to say the Stollies of the of the modern age.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's grim. That's 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 real grim.
1: Oh, dear. Anyway, if, we, if we're on to indeterminate alcohol, we probably talked about the NBA enough.
0: There was something that was available from the bottle shop across the road from the college I was at, at, at uni. It was called Polish Drinking Spirits, and it was like 80% proof, and no one could tell whether it was meant to be drunk or used to strip paint, but um, <laughs> not... I don't know whether they were legally allowed to call it drinking spirits because I'm not sure any you know, drinking was something you should have been doing. This was also the bottle shop that also stocked that incredibly strong stout from Adelaide, Southwark, old Southwark, and it was um, it was like drinking bitumen. It was incredibly strong. So they obviously had a very responsible attitude to, to selling alcohol to, to university students.
1: So we, we both pretty much think that Denver are going to be far superior to either side out of the East.
0: Well, you know, in the spirit of NBA media claiming they've always been pro-Denver, we th- we two, we three on this podcast have been on the Nuggets bandwagon pretty much since the Windspool draft. You know, we were all arguing over who got who got the Nuggets even then. Yeah. You know, this is a bandwagon. Then you're the one and you've been the one driving it. You've been fucking drifting it grimly like fucking Vin Diesel. <laughs> um. <laughs> Fast X, like he's forgotten his constipation meds and has, has got a bit of fucking bruxism going on, grinding his teeth. Yeah, I just don't I just don't want the Celtics to win because it ruins all the fun. I mean, it ruins all the jokes. It ruins the fact that the Knicks are now the, sec- the second best team in the Eastern Conference. Bing, bong, let's fucking go. Yeah. It, it ruins the fact that for the first time in recorded history, Magic Johnson got spicy in the tweets when he just slagged off the Celtics. That's never happened before. So, yeah, I, I, really, I really want the Heat to fucking hold serve at home. And get it done. And then finally and, and then LeBron could come back and do his Oh I might retire. And we could fill in because that was perfect for the for the week off. Was Le, will LeBron retire? That would have, you know, distracted ESPN for a week before the basketball yeah. started again.
1: But oh, I, I I said that to Worldwide Wob, Wob. He's like, you know, what do we what would have we have talked about for the week? I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. Every podcast would have spent a week talking would have been <laughs> nothing oh, about God, that LeBron's
0: music. <laughs> <laughs> I mean uh, making up for every other NBA podcast talking endlessly about LeBron and the Lakers. We've, we've been trying not to, but yeah. I kind of get a little bit of of what LeBron's going through or, or what, he, uh, oh, he's, what he's claiming sure. to be going through. And that is one thing where he kind of questioned, maybe Bronny doesn't actually want everything that I've been saying that I want to do with yeah. him. Like, I want to play with my son and I want to do that and I want to do this. And it's been the first acknowledgement that, I haven't actually considered my son's agency in this, and that's been something yeah, that, in the back right. of my head the whole time. I was like, "Does this kid actually fucking want this?" And I wonder whether Savannah has actually grabbed him by the ear and said, "Hey, dickhead, this isn't all about you. Bronny's career is about Bronny, and if he tops out at being a, a fucking end of the bench rotation player in the NBA, that's fucking fine. But it's not up to it's well, not about you.
1: Three, he might want to play three years in college.
0: He might want to go and play for the fucking Illawarra
1: Hawks. Yeah, th- that would be probably fine. not though." Probably not. Well, I'm (laughs) gone. All right, Doc. I I have lots of music thoughts this week, so let's come back and talk some tunes that are much more interesting about LeBron retirement.
0: Yes, LeBron will retire, but probably not this
1: week. Yeah. See ya.
0: Cheers.
1: The um the the best one like the the Denver guys are just having like I don't actually think they're being um snarky about it they're just having enormous fun with the, like all the national media but uh, what's that fuckwit on who's like almost as bad as Skip Nick Wright on Fox
0: Uh he's. He's a bit more
1: nuanced. He's not quite. He's, he's, he's not, a bit not more nuanced. Quite, he's but- a mate of
0: Bermani's and occasionally he's on Bermani's podcast and he is a bit more nuanced. But what he is very transparent about the fact is that I have just taken a position that LeBron is the greatest player of all time because mm-hmm. nobody else was claiming that territory and it's a really easy take to make and I happen yep. to believe it. So that's my bit. And that's that's yeah. basically, whereas, you know, Skip Bayless's bit is that LeBron is trash and MJ was great. Yeah. So basically all he's done is just said, well, I'm going to do the opposite. And he's, but he's but, admitting it, whereas Skip has always, you know, he pretends that he's
1: actually serious about it. Yeah, he he had some. He's like, you know, what? Why is why is Denver and Jokic so defensive? You know. Well, We've been giving them their flowers, and everyone's just, like, posting when? endless endless. Although, clips to be from honest, Nick-
0: all this, to be fair, all this complaint that Denver, like, Jokic, he's not respected, and he's a two-time uh, MVP. MVP.
1: MVP. He's been fucking
0: He's literally, they, the flowers have been given to him. Maybe not by the hot take merchants, but somebody giving him the fucking flowers. And he might not even like flowers. He just gives them to the horse to eat.
1: Oh, he, he just, the only thing that, that he doesn't like about this is it's keeping him from his horses. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go ahead a whiskey. Yep. See ya.
0: Top.